Hello and welcome to CigarCast, a weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Mission Cigar and Social here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Edmond. I'm joined as I am every week by a man doing his best Jim Ross impression, Mr. Shane Reeves. You know, that's not very sensitive of you, picking on somebody. With facial paralysis? Yes, some some poor old guy. I'm making fun of you, not Jim The greatest wrestling commentator of all time. Honestly, you know, so that happened in the era where I was really invested in wrestling, and that's why I remembered it. I thought they did a really good job of bringing awareness to the to Bell's palsy, and to uh, and to actually like rolling it into the fabric of the of the storyline at the time. Well, Jim Ross is so good, and the thing about wrestling is, you if you want to make money as a wrestler, you can't be a sensitive soul, right? You got to have a thick skin. You know, one of the greatest angles of all time was Steve Kern in Florida Championship Wrestling. His father spent eight years in a POW prison. And the heel came out and said, I think people that go to POW prisons are cowards. Right. And you got to have a thick skin. Now, they made big money off of that angle because, and, and of course, the heel was worried about getting shot and killed. Right, of course. But anyway, so. Do you want to explain to people why half of your face is paralyzed, or are we going to gloss right over that? You might can hear it in my voice. I hear myself. You almost going, sound like you're on the verge of tears. Yeah, it sounds like I'm <laughs> lisping a lot or something because. So I go to the dentist. Dennis, during my last cleaning, Dennis says, Hey, you got a feeling that needs repair. Okay, no problem. I noticed that I've got a place that traps food, and that's, yeah, I'd like to go ahead and get that fixed. So, scheduled to get that fixed. Get in the dentist chair today. Dennis starts numbing up the left side of my face. I said, hey, it's the right side. I said, no, it's the left side. I said, it's the right side, because the other side, I don't feel it. I know it here. So, she gets in there with her little mirror thing and finds out that there's one needs replaced on the left and one needs replaced on the right. And then, of course, once she gets the one on the left dug out, she finds a cavity under that because it's, because been, it's been dug out. Yeah. Because the filling has not been doing its job. So I had to. Ha- I ended up getting three fillings an hour and a half in the dentist Oof. chair. But on the upside, they did get me the tinted safety glasses. Oh, nice. Which, why do they have any that are not? <laughs> if you're going to lay a person down and have them looking at the light and you're going to be shining the little headlamp in their eyes... Why would you not have the tinted safety glasses? Do you not just close your eyes? I cannot I have do. another human being's face that close to mine and, and keep my eyes open, with very few exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do close my eyes, but even when your eyes close, yeah. they're still... The, the light comes through. So I put on the tinted safety glasses. I made them get up and go get me the tinted safety glasses. I put on the tinted safety glasses. Never even would have thought to ask for that. Now I know for next time. Close my eyes. Perfectly comfortable from the eye standpoint. Now, right. As much as you can be in a dentist yeah, chair. There's somebody, you know, black and decker in the hell out of my teeth. But other than that... You know, Eddie Izzard has a great bit about the dentist and how they, you know, the, all of these, you know, different advancements in the world of dentistry. But can we not just make a drill that's quieter? <laughs> like, yeah. that's all we want. Perhaps doesn't produce smoke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the smell of a... Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, we're probably asking for too much. Yeah, I think we probably are. Um, so, tonight's show, from a cigar standpoint, I'm really excited about this. So... 
Christmas last year, my in-laws gave me four cigars, two each of two different cigars. And they put the description, they had the person at the tobacconist, wherever they got these, put the description of the cigar on a note card. It's been sealed in an envelope for almost a year now. And of course, we haven't really been doing the show, so we haven't had, I've been saving them. They've been in my humidor for about a year. Hopefully that improves them. And so I've got the card in my pocket. Uh, Programming note on that, though, is that there were two cards. They didn't quite make it clear which card goes to which cigar so we're we've enlisted the help of some experts we think we've got the right one so we're gonna smoke it it's a barber pole bellicosil that's all we know about it and we're gonna try and figure out if we can understand you know country of origin some other stuff like that well this probably should be the youtube version of the cigar cast where people can see me try to light and smoke this cigar with my mouth numb Mm -hmm. i don't I thought, see, this was at like, my appointment was at like 3, and I was done at 4.30. And now it's 6 o'clock, check local listings. And I thought by now, the numbness would be wore off, and I would be fine. I think you'll, you're, you're already getting better than when you first showed up. I think so, but you speak for a minute while I try to light this cigar, because this is going to require two hands. <laughs> I do wish you all could see this. Uh, so let's just kind of jump right into it. There's a, a funny story out of Florida this week that, to me, it, you know, I can't quite figure out if this is imitation being the sincerest form of flattery or if there's any number of other things going on. So Florida State beat University of Miami this weekend in a 45-3 to route. And they decided to all light up cigars in the locker room afterwards and make a big deal, you know, post on social media, the whole nine yards. And I just, I was looking everywhere for any sort of indication that there's a huge rivalry here. And I guess they're interstate rivals to a certain extent, but is this just, has the Tennessee-Alabama thing gotten so big that now everyone else just, I mean, first of all, if you're going to light up a cigar after an important victory, make sure it's an important victory. Not yeah. after you win by 42 points to the same team that lost to MTSU. <laughs> you know, I think, um, one, the so there's two different ways to look at this. The cigar is a natural celebratory item. Right. You know, give that man a cigar. Close mm-hmm. but no cigar. You know, the, the so it's a natural celebratory item. But I agree with you. Have a hard-fought victory. You know, LSU. LSU this week has every right to light a cigar. You know, the last minute, the last, you know, the last second possible, they beat Alabama. Right. They have every right to light a cigar up. And, yeah, if it's 45-3 route, fellas, just keep the cigars in, you know. Don't be taking your shirt off and posing with the offensive line. If you want to have a cigar after the game, by all means. But it doesn't need to be a spectacle. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna smoke this. This, this isn't. This is not. It's not a bad flavor cigar. I'm. I was a little worried they were gonna be a little dry when I pulled them out. They felt dry, even though they've been in my my humidor this whole time. Uh, I'm I'm pleased to say it's not. It's actually burning pretty well. Um, oh, I'm gonna have to get it to the. I kind of have to get it to the corner of my mouth, which kind of affects my ability to judge the flavor. You've got a you've got a little bit of a Clint Eastwood kind of thing going on the way you're you're kind of cocked yeah. over to one side. Um, oh, programming note 
from last week. Have you thought about any more uh, Bible study names, cigar shop Bible study names? I brought it up, but I have not received any feedback suitable. You know, King Solomon's Smokes was as good as I got, and I don't think that's that great. I thought I thought of one more, which was the Prodigal Stogie. That's not bad. But that was, I couldn't come up with anything else. I still think Chatterack, Meshach, and Robusto is the best. Probably, (laughs) but okay, here's the problem. Holy Smokes, at least the average person can remember Holy Smokes. Mm -hmm. Who's going to remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Robusto? No, it's true. Well, that's why I thought Prodigal Stogie kind of blended the, uh, you know, kind of brought it back a little bit more. (laughs) You know, we could have put this off a day. Well, I thought this would... One, I thought that I would be in and out of the dentist in 30 minutes. Right. And two, I thought surely in an hour and a half, my mouth would no longer be numb. But I'll get this worked out. By the end of this show, I'll be I'll have this problem worked out. Fair enough. So first few puffs, I'm tasting Nicaraguan. Mm-hmm. Um, probably Nicaraguan... Um, I'll get a little further and see if I get any Ecuador, but I'm definitely Nicaraguan binder and filler. Okay. Rapper, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get a little deeper. And it's a barber pole too, so there's an added added uh, difficulty rating on this right. because it's harder to to differentiate the two. So unique business located. This is from the Messenger. The smoldering cigar combines socializing with stogies. Um. So, basically, this is our standard, hey, a nice cigar shop opens that focuses on conversation article. The, the biggest difference being this one's in England. Um, and it's very, very nice, very understated. I like the subdued nature of this store. Yeah, it's very, I mean, to but, look okay, at... Okay, but why is there an American flag in front of it if it's in Livermore? Why are you assuming that Livermore's in England? Well, I just assumed Livermore, and it's from the Messenger. None of that makes any sense. I assume this is some sort of English cigar lounge. It must not be. Uh, four, uh, 411 Fourth Avenue in Livermore. Okay, Livermore, who, where? Florida, Livermore, West Virginia, Livermore, Tyler? Iowa. Iowa. Oh, okay. Well, then that, that makes perfect sense. Very little makes sense that comes out of Iowa. <laughs> Um, okay. So, first and foremost, the Smoldering Cigar. Is that a good name for a cigar lounge? It's not bad. I've heard worse. I've heard worse. I've heard worse. I can't, I can't really complain about that. But, so, I'm somewhat considered a thought leader here in the cigar shop when it comes time to have conversations. And this is what I wanted us to talk about tonight in some detail. Is... How do you become, what is the best way to become the conversationalist, the guy in the cigar shop that everybody wants to talk to? Assuming you want to be that person. Well, who wouldn't? Uh, I know plenty of people that are are perfectly happy (laughs) being, what's, what's really completing the picture for me here is the dryer sheet hanging out of the pant leg over there. Oh, do I have a, oh wow, I do have a dryer sheet. There we go. You're a mess. The bad thing is it's been there all day because it's not like I changed pants before I came over here. Uh, You know, no, I'm... 
So half the time I go into a cigar shop, I'm perfectly content not being in the fold. And I, I realize that's something that... the purpose of going to a cigar shop? Not always. I mean, sometimes it's... You know, we don't all paint our porch every winter and have a, have a nice place outside to sit and enjoy it. Sometimes it's just to get out of the weather. But the point of the cigar shop is to have conversation. Oftentimes and most... Of, I would say most of the time, yes. You're exactly right. And I, I think it's... But sometimes I think the, the better skill is being able to fold yourself into any conversation more so than being the one who kicks it off. And this kind of goes to what we were talking or what we wanted to talk about, right? Like, is it, is it more important to be the guy or is it, is it better to be the guy who is an expert on one topic or has a decent knowledge on a multitude of topics? Well, you know, there's three things I know. I know cigars, I know Sasquatches, and I know wrestling. And in, and I, well, four things. I know housing. Right. But I don't like to talk about housing because that's my profession. But I don't try to steer the conversation toward those things all the time. So I think it's okay to know a lot about it, but know that that's got a shelf life. Right. You're not going to be able to always sit and talk about Sasquatch. No, and that's and that's why I say for me, I it it's rare that I sit down and I say I want to talk about something, or you know, slightly less ham-fisted way of getting a conversation towards. But there, it's very rare that I can find myself in a conversation where I can't at least contribute something meaningful. Well, so I consider that I should always have a topic loaded. Because I refuse to discuss politics. Right. Or sit in silence. I hate politics with a fiery passion. There's nothing good has ever come of talking about politics in a cigar shop. No. I don't know what is wrong with people whose brain is infested. You know, the big elections are tomorrow. And we're recording on Monday. The big elections are tomorrow. And there are people that are actually looking forward to coming to the cigar shop and lighting a cigar and watching the political returns. I would rather put my head in a garbage disposal. Well, especially, <laughs> especially given the fact that these are the midterm elections. So it's, it's not like it's appointment viewing that lasts all night because you're across multiple time zones like in a major presidential election. Now, I would, I would argue the stakes are higher, but it's, it's not an event. I would much rather be talking about something that happened in the world of sporting over the weekend or, you know, any number of other things. We sat here and talked about electric cars for two hours last week. Yeah, politics is not a spectator sport. And I don't, so I don't understand the people that the politics just gets into their brain and they can't, they've got to try to turn every conversation toward it and they got to try to expound on their views of it and... And social media is the worst for that. It just, everything oh. becomes about us and them and that guy and this guy. and Well, and the, here's the problem. It's not interesting enough on its own, so they blow it up. I, Whether it be the person sitting in the cigar lounge or Fox News or CNN, it's not interesting enough on its own. They got to blow it up to absurdity. Well, I, I, I disagree. I think politics in and of itself is interesting. But I think it, 
it should take up about half a percent of your thought process for five days out of a year. Politics is only interesting to the degree that you know enough to vote responsibly. Well, or, or, or for matters that affect you directly. When you have to, when your views on politics have, when not only, so once I decide who I'm going to vote for, I'm done. Right. And I'm not going to try to talk you into voting for the guy. I'm not going to try to talk anybody into voting for them. And I'm not going to listen to anybody try to talk me into voting for somebody else. Right. That's the that's the the sum total of the energy I want politics in my life. Well, we've already given this show more talk more talk on politics than either of us really wanted to. So, kind of kind of bringing us. But back. anyway, coming back to my yeah. point, because I refuse to engage in political talk in the cigar shop, I feel that I should have something to offer in the realm of an alternative conversation. Right, which is why you've often you often take the the mantle of the guy who brings the hypotheticals. Right. I keep notes. I, you know, when I have thoughts, I jot them down in my phone so that I say, hey, I want to talk about that at the cigar shop or if I need to get out of a talk about politics or something like that. I always keep jotted down in my phone. So is that me trying to be a thought leader or is that just me being a responsible conversationalist? You know, I think... I think being a thought leader is a little bit of a, a, a loaded title, for example. I, it's so distracting trying to talk and watch you smoke that cigar. I can't do it. Oh, and I thought I was a professional. Uh, I think thought leader might be a little heavy-handed. Uh, you know, but there are definitely going to be the people in the cigar shop who you know you can get a valid opinion on something from and then there are going to be the people who are great at keeping the conversation alive and keeping the community alive and i think i don't think those are always the same person i don't think they're always different people either yeah thought leaders probably a heavy-handed way of putting it but to be the guy the conversationalist the guy yeah. that always has something and i don't think you have and i one, I think the what makes me a great conversationalist is I have no vested interest in being right. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's that's hugely important. You to be the person who's good at having conversations, you have to check your ego at the door. Like that's thing one, right? The other thing is you can't be so preoccupied by the topics that you do know about that you're constantly trying to shoehorn your topic of conversation regardless of what else is going on. Speaking of which, I'm going to do that right now. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, in here somehow I got known as the Sasquatch guy. Right. And the biggest question in the Sasquatch community, and I'm going to tie all this together, the biggest question in the Sasquatch community is, do we kill one? Right. Do we, you know, do we shoot one? And, I, you know, and of course I'm a hunter. And they said, well, if one walked up to you in the woods and you had the opportunity to shoot it and end the discussion forever of do they exist or not, would you? My answer is no. It's not important enough for me to be right to shoot it. Right. And, and because at that point you will have had your suspicions confirmed and that's good enough. Right. And I think that's an important part of being a conversationalist is, you know, there's a lot of things I say that I hope I'm wrong. 
I hope I'm wrong about a lot of things that I see happening. Right. And I would love to be wrong. And if I plan for the worst and get the best, I'm still money ahead. Right. So just just thinking about, put, put some thought into what kind of conversationalist you are out there. I think that's well worth investing a little time and energy into. So Michael Jordan spends 500000 on cigars, but they say in his life he spent between five hundred thousand and nine hundred and forty thousand dollars. So I'm, I'm going to offer a piece of advice here. Don't ever do that math. I, I've done that math. It's depressing. <laughs> don't ever do that math. You don't want to know. But the thing is, okay, for what you spend on cigars. What else could you spend that money on and receive a equal amount of entertainment? Well, no, and that's that's what I used to always say, you know, for and granted it was when cigars were a bit cheaper. You know, for the cost of a movie, I can buy a cigar. And now movie tickets have gotten so high that you, you know, can definitely buy a cigar. You, you can buy definitely a nice buy cigar. a cigar, you can buy a nice cigar for the cost of going to the movies and assuming that the people that you're at the cigar shop with have you know, the, the similar interest enough that you enjoy spending time in their company, then I would say it's a better use of, of money. Look at, you know, I've always said with gambling, with going to Vegas or going to Tunica or going to the casino, you know, we sat down there at the table at your bachelor party and played for six or eight hours. It, yeah. And... None of us really lost any money, and most of us came out a little bit ahead. Yeah, I came out way ahead. Even if we had broke dead even. It would have been a good weekend. What else could you have done for eight hours and had that level of excitement and that level of fun and not... Sitting at a table with your mates. Yeah. You know, it it was just, it was good quality time. It was, you know, we smoked some good cigars, we ate some good food. But also just spent really good time enjoying the experience. Yeah, and I think that's it. I think to just, you know, money ain't good for nothing but spending. Right. If your security in life is based on your bank account, you're probably not terribly secure. There's probably something missing. Now, you need money to survive, and it's nice to have money laid back in case of an emergency. Right. But as far as to sit at home watching, you know, Antenna, because it's free as opposed to cable, and twiddling on your Galaxy tablet because it was 20 bucks at a yard sale. Um, You're going deep right now. I'm, I'm talking about someone in specific. I had a feeling. <laughs> instead of... Paying, experiencing life. Right. Instead of being out experiencing life, what's really the point? What's, what good is the money doing you at that point? So, yes, I'm calling foul on the sportster or whoever wrote this article for the, for calling out how much money Michael Jordan has spent on cigars. I don't think that's anybody's business um, at all. <laughs> Just sport, sportrush.com. And also, I mean, granted, you know, they've put a, a pretty big range here, anywhere from 500 grand to 940 grand. I. But no one knows. Like, the, even if you're the one smoking every cigar you buy, 
you still don't really know how much money you've spent on cigars. Like, so this idea of just trying to put a numerical value that has a range of nearly half a million dollars, like, what's the point? Yeah. So, switching over real quick. Get your clicks. To the other side. HipHopDX.com. I'm surprised you found this website. Uh, Well, I didn't find the website. I found the article in a Google search, and it led me to this website. Snoop Dogg clears up Blunt Roller's claim he smokes to 150 joints a day. I don't think you physically have enough hours in the day to smoke 150 joints in a day. Yeah, I don't think so. I wouldn't know. I, I don't know how much time it takes. I don't know what goes into the... It, it's not It's not part of my frame of reference. Well, I don't... You know, I know nothing about marijuana. Right. I know nothing about um, the CBD and the THC and all that other whatever, whatever, whatever's are in it. Know nothing about any of that. So it's a good thing that we're talking about it on the podcast. Yeah, that, which is why I brought this article up. <laughs> and how... But the interesting part of this is... He hired his own roller, somebody, because Snoop no longer had time to roll his own joints. Mm-hmm. So he hired a professional roller. I remember he was paying him something like 50 grand a year or something like yeah, that, too. Yeah, 50 grand a year, and it, she won out over a South African cigar roller. So here's my question, and somebody out there will have to send us an, a message and let us know. Do the skills translate... If you can roll a cigar, can you roll a joint? And if you can roll a joint, could you roll a cigar? You know, we talked about this briefly before the show, and I think you and I agree. I think, I think if you're, a, I think a cigar roller is going to have enough carryover skills that they would be a decent joint roller. But I would, I wouldn't imagine because there's so much that goes into you know, the bunching and the rolling of a cigar. I, I feel like a joint roller doesn't have the. The, the nuance. Right. It's strictly a unidirectional tablet. Right. Talent. If you can call that a talent, the ability to do it. So what do you think about it, the cigar? I would call it a talent. Well, I would call cigar rolling a talent. I wouldn't call joint rolling I've, a talent. I've, I've had enough friends that enjoyed the, the herb, if you will, uh, that I've seen the difference just from looking at it. I've seen the difference between quality work and... Non-quality work So I would say There's definitely a You know I When I was in college Like so many I tried the Like the roll your own Cigarette thing And I can tell you That there is a There is definitely A skill to it I was never very good at it Sorry I had to set my microphone down Because I'm fixing to To make my preliminary Before the break Appraisal of this cigar Alright It's a standard house blend Yep Nothing fancy. I'm kind of getting a um, Nicaraguan binder and filler and a Corojo wrapper of some sort. Pot, not Ecuadorian, possibly Dominican. See, I'm thinking more Honduras. Um, that's not a bad guess, but I like it, and I don't usually like hon- cheap Honduran. I, I think it's Nicaraguan and Honduran filler. I think that's. I, I think it's. It's balancing out the Honduran enough that you don't necessarily notice it. I would say it's probably a Maduro and sun-grown wrapper. I'm getting a little bit of that sun-grown flavor. I'm going, okay, so my official prediction, Nicaraguan binder and filler, um, Dominican, uh, Maduro, and Corojo wrapper. All right. 
That's my official prediction. You're pulling for Honduran. I am, but I've got, we've still got some time left, so we'll come back to it at the end of the show and and do the reveal, but uh, for now, let's... Let's not not forget to do that, because we tend to forget to review the cigars at the end of the show. I won't forget this week, but (laughs) yeah, let's step away for a second, and we'll be back with more after this. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man who drank the water at Camp Lejeune, Trey Dedman. I don't get the reference. You don't, you've not, you undoubtedly, you, well, that's right, you haven't watched TV. If you turn on TV, if you turn on the news anywhere, in 30 minutes of news, you'll get 600 commercials. Did you drink the water at Camp Lejeune? Oh. And it's this huge class action lawsuit that they're wearing my butt out with. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't watch any any TV that I don't stream. And I mostly pay to get rid of ads. This is worse than the car... Um, the guys, let me talk about your car service plan. I'm expecting yeah. to get a call saying, Hey, did you ever drink the water at Camp Lejeune? But somebody out there that watches the news is laughing their butt off at that uh, joke right now. Uh, all right. Am I entitled to compensation? Uh, you, yes, absolutely. Every, every, in matter of fact. Maybe that's what happened to the 60-year-old guy. Maybe. He had Camp Lejeune water in him. Can we talk about the ambulance chasers? All right. Okay. Are you going to? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to do because this really, I was thinking about this this week because... I've started this year's first year of my life that I get up in the morning and I turn on the morning news Mm -hmm. just to catch 30, 45 minutes of news before I walk the dog. I do it about once a week. Yeah. Just to get, you know, just to keep familiar with what's going on. Mm -hmm. Don't really take it too seriously. Usually playing a game on my iPad while it's on, but I have it on. But man, the ambulance chasing attorneys in Nashville are ferocious. They, they dream up any reason to try to sue somebody. Yeah, so it's, it's funny because uh, one of my favorite rabbit holes or, or articles that I see on social media and things like that is the people from America that moved abroad and talk about the key differences or the people from outside of America that share the, the, the things that surprise them the most about America. You know, just those culture shocks. And the two things that primarily Europeans always talk about is the fact that we allow advertising for prescription drugs on TV, which I agree. I wish we could get rid of it. And two is that attorneys are allowed to advertise on TV. And apparently that's... and It never would have occurred to me that attorneys shouldn't be allowed to advertise. But at the same time, when you look at at this kind of thing, it, it kind of makes sense. Well, and when you look at them, you know, oh, I had a a big rig hit me on the interstate and Mark Durham came and saved my life. And when you look at that, you think, yeah, maybe they got something. Maybe we shouldn't be letting lawyers advertise on TV. Well, and it's it's so it's so predatory, too, because I know, especially when I was in college, you used to always have those conversations about, you know, if if you're if you're in a traffic situation and you're about to get hit by a commercial vehicle, let it hit you because it's worth the payout. 
you know, and people, especially when you're drowning in as much student debt as most college students are in this country, that feels like a good way out. <laughs> uh, you, you know, what they don't talk about, and it, what really makes it kind of predatory is the fact that most of the, all they do is they make one phone call to the attorneys that represent whatever person or insurance company or, or company that owned the vehicle, and they say, what are the policy limits? Okay, that's the number. We'll settle. And, and then it's done. And then the attorney promptly and takes... And then they take 15 20%. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those things that drives me nuts. But anyway, that was a, that was a lot of work for a bump joke. Six, uh, so, here's a lawsuit from KGNS-TV. They're on your side. 60-year-old man pronounced dead inside cigar shop in northeast Laredo. I want to know how long he was there. Well, you know, the thing says that um, the owner said he saw the man taking a nap and didn't think much of it. And he tried to wake him up. He called 911 at 520. But, yeah, it doesn't say when the guy got there and started taking the nap. But it seems to me a miracle this doesn't happen more often. Yeah, you know, I'm... I'm considering the average age and overall health condition of most people who are regulars in cigar shops. You would think it would happen a lot more frequently. Okay. Why do people think it's okay to take a nap in a cigar shop? Well, I don't... This is a business. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, I know we've, we've got a mutual friend who hangs out at the old shop that... Oftentimes on a Friday, we'll get there and kind of take his lunch break, you know, because he's sitting up there working, and he'll go sit in the quiet corner and he'll take a short little 30-minute nap and then come back refreshed. I think that's a little strange, personally. However, there have been days where, you know, I've got a lazy weekend, you know, and on about 2 o'clock on a Saturday, I ro- or, you know, about noon on a Saturday, I roll in. And there's no one else there yet, and I'm just watching TV, enjoying my cigar, and then it, you know, you're nice and relaxed. And see, you get the opportunity to take a nap pretty much whenever you would want it. If right. the, if the feeling ever strikes you that you are going to take a nap, you can do so. Yeah, with few exceptions. If I if at two yeah. o'clock I get sleepy and want to take a quick thirty minute, or I can I can do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. For most people, the opportunity to nap is far more fleeting. And so I, there have been days where, and I usually don't plan on it. I think I have taken a nap in a cigar shop exactly twice. Neither time was it my intention. I'm just sitting there. Maybe you went a little too hard the night before, and you're kind of reco- in a. Well, I'm just if you were sitting it out back, you wouldn't take a nap in a booth in the back. No, probably not. But you're also <laughs> not nearly as relaxed sitting in the booth at the out. Like so, at a restaurant. The entire experience is the transaction. From the moment you walk in that door, it's it's a transaction of getting your table, ordering your food, eating your food, paying for it. At the cigar shop, the transaction happens right at the front. And then everything that happens after that is sort of outside of the transactional nature of the business. And so at this point, you know, you're just taking up an easy chair one way or another. What difference does it make if you're conscious? Well, I just I, I would never take a nap with a cigar shop. Just to me, not my thing. But now, I will say, if you look at this article, Charlie's Cigar Lounge is sharp architecturally. 
Yeah. And architecturally, that's a good job on that cigar lounge. Looks like it's got a second floor, probably a private balcony action going on. Um, just a good-looking cigar shop. I think that's just well photographed. I don't know that it's got two stories, but it definitely, yeah, it's a sharp-looking store. Yeah, I mean, just a very sharp, shame the guy died in it. It's a very right. sharp-looking store. Now, do you have to disclose that when you go to sell the property? <laughs> Does um, that apply to commercial? In Tennessee, yes, but only one owner back. Right. So if if somebody died and I sold the house not to, you know, if you bought a house somebody died in, when I went to sell the house for you, I wouldn't have to disclose right. that somebody died there. So, half will. Emperor's Cut honors Tuskegee Airman with new Red Tail series. So, there's a couple of things about this. Um, first, let's talk about the what the cigar is. It's a Mexican San Andreas wrapper over an Ecuadorian Sumatra binder and four fillers from Colombia Cubita and Seco Viso Lajero Tobaccos from Jalapa, Nicaragua. There's, there's a lot going on there. I think they, right. at some point they just started throwing cigar terms yeah. together. But um, cigars are made at the La Aurora factory. Okay. So they're probably going to be pretty good. I've never heard of the Emperor's Cut. And this is to honor, you know, the Tuskegee Airmen. So here's my question. Nowhere in here does it mention that they're in any way affiliated with this group or that any money is going to the descendants or the charitable organizations or anything like that. None of that really mentioned here. Should they be able to cash in and call their cigar the red tail? Yeah, it's it's a little dubious, I feel like. Now, it does mention here our partnership consists of two U.S. Air Force and one U.S. Marine Corps veteran. So they're at least people who are connected to sort of military service. So I almost give them a pass for that. And they're basically just being inspired by the bravery and heroics of the Tuskegee Airmen. But at the same time, yeah, you know, it part of the proceeds go toward... There, there doesn't seem to be any real connection other than just it's a great name. Because famously, the airmen had red tails on the planes that they flew. And so that's where it was... It became a moniker for the is it regiment squadron platoon whatever yeah. whatever was the group called the Tuskegee Airmen were known as the Red Tails so it's it's a it's a well-founded moniker but yeah it just doesn't seem I don't when when but, you when you co-opt such an historic name and vision with cigar I want I want a story to go with it but on plain devil's advocate here if somebody did not know who the Tuskegee Airmen were and seeing this cigar got them to that piece of information, then have they not done it a service? No, absolutely they have. So there is, I think there's two sides to that. I think it's a personal decision. Me, I couldn't never do it. Yeah. I couldn't never name my cigar brand after something that, that I wasn't connected. didn't have a connected. personal connection yeah, to. Yeah, that I wasn't connected to or grounded to, but... It does seem like it's going to be a pretty good stick. I wouldn't mind trying them just to find out what they're going to be like. Yeah, I mean, I love the stuff that comes out of the La Aurora factory. And the the blend of, of Nicaraguan and Dominican uh, really looks tasty. I, I will absolutely get try and get my hands on one of these. All right, so last article tonight. And then we'll do the big reveal of the 
of what we've been smoking, what I've been trying to smoke and you've been smoking. Right. Cigar Medics, the baller cutter. This is also from Half Wheel. So Cigar Medics are the people that produced the humidity tester. The that little big long probe that you stick yeah. in. Yeah. The you know, we were talking about earlier, don't make it so important to be right. Yeah. Part of that is if you're carrying a little humidity probe with you, a humidimeter to stuff stick in your cigar to check the humidity, you're too invested. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's we haven't talked about that in a long time, but there are some guys that get really worked up over the humidity in their humidor. Oh, it it was it was at seventy one and a half, but I brought it back down to seventy one point two, and I really think it makes a difference. No, it doesn't. No, your palate is not that refined. I can tell you. But this baller cutter is an interesting theory. So basically, to describe how this operates, it's a straight cutter, but instead of a straight blade, it has a curved blade. So you think about you cut a ball bearing in half, sharpen the edges. And use that to pull a ball out of the center of the cap of your cigar. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd even say... What just happened? I <laughs> forgot how to speak. I would even go into... It's more like... To me, it looks more like a V-cut, but without... Instead of a po- point, it was just rounded off. I, I'm not sold on the idea for a couple of reasons. One is, if you know the stainless steel tabletop cutter that every cigar shop in America has, my biggest complaint with that is because of the action on the blade, it scallops the end of your cigar. Right, and you I get that, that arched cut. Yeah, and I, I personally do not like that one bit. Now, if you do like it or don't hate it, more power to you. Part of what makes... The other thing I, I, that my takeaway from this is part of what makes a V-cutter work in particular, the modern V-cuts since just before the Calibri V-cut came out and then now pretty much all of them after. A V-cut used to start at a point. These days, it's what's called an inverted V-cut where the sides hit first and then it and then right. it slides down. And the reason that that is better is because you get more of a slicing motion and you get a greater surface area of contact between the blade and the cigar as it's making the cut. Less likely to damage your cigar. Less likely to damage your cigar because it doesn't start at a, a very fine pressure point with the point of that V. Probably one of the best technological investments in cigar cutting technology in the last hundred years. This starts with the rounded end of the ball, which it would have to. And so you don't have, you've got a blunt uh, point of contact. And I can't imagine that's not going to just destroy the wrapper. It it seems like if it didn't at first, it would very quickly degrade. Mm -hmm. A lot of things could go wrong with this cutter. Yeah, and it's not going to be easy, if even possible, to sharpen. Yeah. Now, and I've got a cutter problem right now anyway. Let's right. talk about my cutter problem. So my Red Horse Knife Works cutter, mm-hmm. my high-dollar, high-end Condor. Right. Um, I love this cutter. But here is the problem with this cutter. If someone says, Shane, do you have a cut? And I hand them this cutter, nobody has the skill to use it properly. The first time you handed it to me. And you're a, and you've I'm, been around cutters for a long time. Uh, I have. I butchered my cigar with it. It's Yeah. Literally, if somebody asks me now, and I, I hope it doesn't make me seem like a jerk, 
But if somebody asks me now, hey, do you have a cut? I get them to hand me their cigar and I cut it for them. Yeah. It's, to me, I think the action is too short. I don't, I think the fulcrum is too close to the cut and you just, you don't get a slice action. You get a a pinch. I think that's the problem with that. Because even you've said you have to kind of score it around the edge and then you can go through it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that after having one for almost a year, I would recommend anybody buy one. Yeah. Because now the blade is insanely sharp. Right. The cutter is insanely well made. The titanium body, the German bowler steel, everything's great. Yeah. But the design just requires so much work. So... To cut it properly. I mean, I know this is an audio podcast, but if you look at where the fulcrum for yours is compared to where you actually contact the cigar, compared to my Zycar, I've got twice as much travel as you do. And I, I really think that's the difference. Well, I've, con- I've considered getting in the market for another cutter just for no other reason than to, if somebody asks me, hey, do you have a cutter to be able to hand them one that I know they won't butcher their cigar with? You know, I'm actually really glad you bought that cutter because not that I'm exactly flush with $300 to spend on a cutter, but the the pocket knife cutter that we've seen and talked about on the show countless times over the last five years, I, I want one so bad I can't stand it. They're gorgeous. But I can't, now seeing that, I can't help but think it's going to have the same problem. Very likely. Okay, let's do the big reveal. All right. Let me take another couple of deliberate puffs off of this and see if I can figure out. Okay, I'll talk while you do that because I'm envious of your ability to actually just take a puff instead of having to hold your lips together on one side or the other. I finally mastered putting the cigar in my mouth and laying my finger on top of my lips to be able to puff it. Yeah, I no longer I'm I, I I think my Honduran guess at the halfway point of the show was was misattributed. I think I I, I I'll tell you what is gonna happen. This is my prediction, is that we're overthinking this and we're probably not gonna have the level of detail on this card that we're <laughs> going to give into the well, okay. So, aside from trying to determine the recipe, what are you getting out of the cigar, note-wise? I'm getting a lot of earth, a lot of uh, dirt, uh, soil kind of flavors, uh, not much metallic. That's why I have issued the idea of there being some Honduran in there. Not much spice, but I'm not getting that really savory kind of idea that I get from Dominican but I do I'm I'm my mouth isn't dried out so I'm I'm actually starting to think it's probably more Dominican than Nicaraguan so I am which if it's Dominican that means it's most likely not a sun-grown wrapper so I am going to say just can I steal your Corojo? Because I think that's... You, can, you, may, you may agree with me. Yeah, I think Corojo Maduro. There's no Cameroon in that. It's just... I think it's just basic Dominican binder and filler. I'm taking Nicaraguan binder and filler, and I'm taking Corojo and Dominican on the wrapper. All right. Let's see. All right. The moment of truth. The moment of truth. And the winner is... He's got to unfold the, the bright green sheet. <laughs> Dominican and Nicaraguan. That's it. That's all it says. <laughs> I'm actually. 
<laughs> Hold on a second. I, I told you. Now, at least that part of my prediction was right. Somebody just oh. said Dominican and I Nicaraguan. Think, I think they gave me the wrong one. Oh, did they give you the wrong? So, so we have. I, I did not realize at the time that there were names on the outside of the cards. I was afraid to look in the envelope for fear of spoiling it. So one card says Maduro Torpedo. The other says Holiday Torpedo. Given well, Holiday Torpedo would be the barber fault. Uh, I would think so, too. So I'm not really, <laughs> not really sure what the logic went into that other than... <laughs> I'm not letting them be in charge of anything ever again. Um, although it's not much better. Holiday Torpedo, multicolored. <laughs> this is the barber fault. How do you miss that? Okay, this is a big di- disappointment. <laughs> Um, well, so we'll just we'll go ahead and record the next one where we're where we're smoking the other one. We'll say Dominican and Nicaraguan and look like, like we geniuses. never and look like geniuses. Um, Dominican and Dominican and Nicaraguan t- tobacco. Okay, so I'm right. Yeah. See, that's Dominican wrappers and Nicaraguan binder and fillers. Yeah, I think I think that's right. All right. You know. So, what we're going to have to do, here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to do this experiment sometime where we actually put the envelope together. Right. I'll do one for you, you do one for me, we'll do separate That's what we're going to have to do so that we actually get the appropriate information out. Yeah. And all. But anyway, how do they get a hold of us, Trey? You can reach us on facebook.com slash the cigar cast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at the cigar cast. And you can email us at info at thecigarcast.com. Well, try to give us a quick review. Give us a five-star review if you got a minute on iTunes or wherever you happen to listen to us. And if there's somewhere that you would rather listen to us than what you currently use, drop us a line. Uh, I, I know we're on Stitcher. At least we used to be. I haven't heard anything. Um, but if, if, if we're missing from your favorite podcast platform, let us know. We'll, we'll work to correct that. Yeah, we're trying to build the audience up for the Cigar Cast just a little bit so that we can kind of explore more interesting things to do as far as getting in the cigar cast and making the show better but until next week have a great cigar and think well of us (laughs) 